0: Welcome to Food is Not a Four-Letter Word, the podcast where you ditch the diet drama, banish body shame, and reclaim your life, all while creating a body you love. When it comes to body drama, your host, Carmela Romalia has been there, done that, has the t-shirt, wrote the books. And now, here's Carmela. Hello, hello my friends. It's me Carmella from Happy Calories Don't Count with episode number 22 of the Food is Not a Four Letter Word podcast. How are you? All right. Well, for those of you who are new to me in podcast land, I start each of these shows with three deep breaths, so please play along with me. Let's take a deep breath in. And exhale. Another deep breath in and exhale. Last one, all the way down to your toes. Deep breath in and exhale. Yay! Thank you so much for playing along. And this is actually kind of a really big deal. So I do these three deep breaths at the beginning of every episode. One, to ground myself and help myself connect with my body. And two, to model for you how quickly and easily you can take a beat, take a breath, and ground yourself and connect with your body by taking a breath. And there is also something really special, really um, mystical and magical, and even from a psychological perspective about taking that moment, um, regardless of what's going on in your life. You know, whether it is you caught yourself in the mirror from an unflattering angle that you weren't expecting, and you kind of go, ugh, or your jeans are a little tight or you're anxious about something on the menu at a restaurant, whether it's any of the topics we deal with here on this podcast, or whether it has to do with something at work or a personal issue with your relationship or what's going on in the world, any of those other types of topics, when you take a beat and you take a breath, you give yourself just Just this half a second, just this moment to be able to return to your center, to find your balance, to connect with your source, to harmonize yourself and get right with yourself so that whatever the situation is in that next moment, you are coming from a place of purpose and empowerment rather than from a place of reaction and fear. And so, this is a really valuable tool to have in your toolkit as you are navigating life's challenges and working to create a body. And a life that you love, and that's what this podcast is about. I help you get out of diet drama land. Uh, all of the dysfunction, all of the the drama, the anxiety, the pain, the shame, whatever you might have about food, exercise, your body, or your weight. Whether it is just you know a little monkey on your back that you just can't seem to get rid of, even though you're the quote unquote perfect size and weight. There's this anxiety that. still running through your mind and your psyche, not enough to really disrupt the quality of your life, but it's just kind of there, Uh, or to something like a full-blown eating disorder, you know, that whole spectrum. We deal with it here. We heal and transform all of that stuff, and I give you the tools and skills that you need to be able to create results on your terms so that you can truly create a body and a life that you love. Now, in doing that, part of why I like to have a podcast is because it gives me time to wax philosophical on things that I see in the culture and things that I see on social media. And generally, it is something about a food issue or something that somebody said on social media about body positivity and how you just have to love your body and you know all of that kind of stuff and then I comment it com- comment there I can speak I comment on it from a happy calories don't count perspective and what I wanted to do today is I wanted to take the craziness that is going on in the world right now and show you uh, how you can actually use the craziness going on in the world to help you heal your relationships with food, exercise your body and your weight. How about that for a spin on things? So yeah, we are, we're in a moment, aren't we? Right? Uh, the the world, I mean, I don't, yeah, kind of the world because it's a, it's a worldwide pandemic, but particularly here in the US, you know, there's a little craziness going on. <laughs> um, and with the vaccine and the pandemic and the masks and the mandates and, and the people fighting the mandates and, and all of this kind of stuff, um, what I think is important about this moment is, and, wh- and one of the reasons that I wanted to use this particular example on this show is because we're all dealing with it, right? So, so we all have a common thing that we're all experiencing that I can use to compare and contrast to another common thing that we are experiencing if we're dealing with food and body drama and that kind of stuff. So one of the the particular skills I have in my toolkit, um, one of the ways that I like to engage in personal development and problem solving and things like that is if I'm running into an issue that I'm struggling with, uh, I I try my best to look at the situation from all different sorts of angles, because then perhaps maybe I'll get some clarity about how to solve my issue. Um, And then the other thing that I like to do is I like to see if anything else that I'm familiar with, anything else that I'm dealing with in a different area of my life. It does. It's even, and even if it's not related, sometimes that's even better. And to see if there are dynamics involved, relationships involved, perspectives, um, ways of coping with or dealing with or solving these problems in these other areas that I can apply to the thing that I'm struggling with right now. And that will also sometimes shed a light or illuminate a new path or a new perspective or a new option for solving my problem that I hadn't seen before. So what I think is important about what's going on in the world right now is that because it's fraught. (laughs) And, and you see, you see that there are two distinct sides. And that that's what's important there. There you and you see it, because you see people wearing masks, and you see people not wearing masks. And so you see that there are different points of view. And what I see emerging are like these two distinct camps and one camp has its own set of data and values and how they would want to solve the problem and the other camp has its set of data and values and how it would like to solve the problem and each side thinks the other side's crazy and they're fighting with each other now i don't really like that people fight with each other and things like that. And I would love it if we could all just get along in peace and harmony. You know, I'd like to teach the world to sing and all that good kind of stuff. But what's interesting is that because it is such a volatile time, and because there are two camps, you see opposition, you see contrast. And that's very, very important when we're talking about trying to get out of diet drama land and why it's so hard. So you see the contrast when you see people wearing masks and people not wearing masks. It's like you see the contrast if you are out in Nebraska, out in Kansas, and then you're driving west and suddenly you hit the Rockies and wow, there's contrast. You know something other than what you are. It's It's kind of like um, if you're out in open water and you've never seen land, you don't know anything other than water. And one of the reasons it's so hard to get out of diet drama land is that there is not really an opposing point of view for the cultural traditional diet and exercise model. It's everywhere. And When I'm speaking about the cultural diet and exercise model, I'm speaking not only about that simplistic notion that your body is essentially a caloric balance sheet. You know, you eat more, you gain weight, you eat less, you lose weight, you exercise more, you lose weight, you exercise less, you gain weight, that kind of transaction-based calorie balance sheet type of thing that is um, very simplistic, but is very prevalent, particularly among younger people or people who are younger in the struggle, because that is the first obvious thing that they're taught. And, you know, it might be working when you're 18, or, you know, when you're 20. And, and you're, you haven't experienced yet all of the complexities or all of the struggles um, that come from that. And furthermore, there's also a whole cascade of assumptions That come out of that. So even if we're not just talking about the simplistic notion that your body is a caloric balance sheet, we can get into, oh, it's not really about calories. We just need to make sure you're eating good quality food. So it's what you eat and people will nitpick what you eat, you know, is it high carb, low carb, high fat, low fat, what is it on your glycemic index? Is it all organic? Is it vegan? You know, blah, 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 blah. And they'll do the same thing with the exercise, you know, is it cardio? Is it um, muscular, weight bearing? Are you building enough strength to have enough muscle mass to keep your metabolism going? And, you know, are you eating before you eat or after you eat? And are you having enough recovery so that you're not triggering some kind of nervous system response? blah, blah, blah. They'll nitpick the exercise. And at the end of the day, all of these these ways of thinking and these approaches are coming from the perspective that you can control your body by controlling what you eat and what you do for exercise. And while it is indeed true that you are responsible for what you eat, no one else is, you know, making you eat Anything. No one else is making you choose one dish over another. Uh, And while it is indeed true that you are responsible for what you do for exercise, you know, no one's going to go to the gym for you. If you want to get the benefits of a cardio workout at the gym, you got to be the one that shows up. You know, you are responsible. But the fact that you are responsible for what you put in your mouth and what you do for exercise does not mean that you can therefore control your body, control the outcome based on what you do and what you do for exercise. And that, it, that at the core of it is that underlying idea of what I call the diet and exercise model of what I also call diet drama land. And that feeds, pun intended, all of these assumptions about health about well-being, about how to eat, about how to move, it uh, it fosters all of these assumptions about um, just everything in life. You know, it's like, well, well, are you taking care of yourself? Are you eating good food? And and the idea that it is simply a result of what you eat. And what you do for exercise, even in the medical community, you know, when you when you go in and they're, you know, check taking all of your vitals and they take your height and your weight. And if, if there's something going on with your weight, they're going to address food and exercise. And if they ever do get around to addressing the the psychological, spiritual nature of things, then it's always how do you use those disciplines to be able to be successful on a diet and exercise program. The problem with the diet and exercise model is that it demands that you disconnect from your body to be quote unquote successful. And it's that disconnect from your body that teaching you that you can't trust your body that creates all of the anxiety because you can't do what you're naturally inclined to do. You can't eat just because you're hungry or just because you're inspired or just because you see something that looks like it might be appetizing. You can only eat what and when that diet, that external authority tells you you can eat. And the same is true for exercise. Now, bringing it back to the current moment, we don't have anything else. We don't have any contrast. Everything that you are going to see, whether it is in traditional legacy media or alternative media, you know, whatever is out there right now, is still fundamentally based from within that core diet and exercise model. So you might be on Instagram or on YouTube and you're following somebody who's who looks great and they're inspiring and they're going to coach you into how to take charge of your life with this 30-day challenge to, you know, clean up your diet or do this exercise program or whatever. Whatever. And you see them and they look good. And so you're you're attracted to this program and the person's energy. And it's great. And it's coming from within that idea that you eat this certain thing, you're going to get a result. You do this certain activity, you're going to get a result. So everywhere you turn, you are seeing the manifestation of of something born out of the diet and exercise model. That's why it is so hard to get out, because there is only one perspective. It's just this one note, one note, one note, everywhere you turn. If you just dig down deep, 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 deeply enough, you'll find that core idea at the bottom, however they dress it up, however they disguise it, whether it's intentional or not. You know, some of these people might legitimately be thinking that they've found the key to freedom and peace and and they're going to show you the way and if you drill down drill down because for whatever reason it's not working for you you find underneath it all is that diet and exercise idea at the base of everything and i've spoken at length on other shows about all of the dysfunction that it creates, setting up this idea that we have to pay a price to eat and all of the mental gymnastics that we go through to just try to not eat and all of that kind of stuff. And so the idea that there is just one perspective, one model that you don't even know that you're in it, it's like the matrix. You don't even know that you're sucked in. How can you possibly escape if you don't even know that you're in it, right? So that's one reason that it's really hard to get out. So, give yourself a little grace you know you you don't have the other opposing view at a national level you know with the news all the time or even just walking down the street with or without the mask whichever is the opposing view to you to show you that there is an alternative viewpoint that will then help you identify your viewpoint and then maybe question it if it's not serving you right so that's one reason it's really hard to get out of diet drama land, the other reason—well, there are a lot of reasons—but another reason that it uh, is hard to get out of diet drama land is because it seems like it works, like like doesn't it? Except it doesn't work for you. So what what's wrong with you? If it doesn't really work for you, but you see this other girl or you see this other person and they look really good. And and they say that they do this diet and exercise program and they look really good. So it must work. So why isn't it working for you or or what's wrong with you? So there's all this what we would consider quote unquote evidence to suggest that it does work based on what we see happening with other people, or what we what other people say that they do, and we're admiring their shape, right? So it kind of seems like it works. And this is where um I like to typically bring up these ideas of causation versus correlation, you know, Um and, and again, you'll hear this out in the current moment anyway. So I'm bringing what's going on in the world, down to our particular topic, and I remember when I was first—I don't think I was first learning about this—but it was in some philosophy class or some logic class or symbolic logic or something like that, um, where there it was there was a statement in the textbook, and it, it was a statistic, a legitimate statistic, that said that during boating season, there was an increase in bicycle accidents. It was just this legitimate statistic. And then, of course, the professor asked us, you know, to discuss this statistic and what we thought about it and everything. And it's like, well, clearly, bicycles and boating are not related. You know, it's like boating, people out there boating are not going to cause bicycle accidents. But there it is in black and white, the statistic that says that there is an increase in bicycle accidents during boating season. And so, you know, we're discussing it and playing along with it and all of this stuff. Well, what do they have in common? They have summer in common, right? Bicycling and boating are not related, but they are both related because to summer, they are activities that happen during nice weather. Just like, hmm, diet and exercise are not related. Food is food. Exercise is exercise. There is no relationship between diet and exercise. But we get into this dysfunctional relationship that we think exists that doesn't really exist because this diet and exercise model sets up this idea that you have to pay a price to eat. And that price is exercise or weight gain. So we look at food and we think of how much it's going to cost us in terms of exercise. Or we look at exercise and we think of how much we're going to be able to eat because we paid this price. But exercise and diet are not related to each other. They are, however, each independently related to your body. Okay, so food is important because it's a necessary component for your body. Your body wants food. And exercise is important Because your body needs to move to be functioning, to be optimal, to be happy. So your body needs food and your body needs exercise, but food and exercise are not related to each other. So there is a correlation between food and exercise because they're both related to your body just like there might be a correlation between bicycle accidents and boating season because they're both related to summer but then let's take this even further and this is this is kind of where it gets into this little you know rabbit hole of diet drama land when you're trying to really solve that problem from well, when you, it's a rabbit hole you get into regardless of whether you're trying to really solve the problem from a scientific medical viewpoint or whether you're trying to solve the problem from an emotional healing your daddy issues viewpoint or even a law of attraction spiritual viewpoint. It doesn't matter what viewpoint you're coming from. It's the same rabbit hole you fall down into because even if, you know, it's boating season, And there are an increase in bicycle accidents because, hey, it's summer. The fact that it's summer doesn't necessarily mean that people are going to have bicycle accidents. You know, summer does not make bicycle accidents happen. It's just that because it's summer, there are more people out there bicycling than would normally be out there bicycling, and then because there are more people out there, the chance is increasing, the, the potential for accidents is increasing just by virtue of there being more people engaging in this activity, but the fact that it's summer isn't necessarily by definition making bicycle accidents happen, and I hear Hear these kinds of leaps and logic, and these kinds of um, fallacies happening all the time when I'm speaking with people, or I'm hearing my clients, or I'm just just listening to conversations that happen, you know, at the Pilates studio, or you know, in the grocery store checkout line, or or wherever it is, right? So we because. We all have this one viewpoint, which is the diet and exercise model, and because we have these assumptions that come out of that diet and exercise model, we will make all sorts of crazy leaps in logic about food or exercise, especially when it's relating to our results and particularly when it's relating to other people's results because they say they do X, Y, and Z and they look good. And I'm here to tell you that based on my own experience and that of working with countless people, countless clients, that there not only is there a distinction between causation and correlation, there is also the chance, a very high chance actually, that that person that has that physique that you admire, that you really wished that you looked that good, you know, kind of thing, that whatever their outcome is, their outcome is a result in spite of what they are doing in the specifics of their food or their exercise choices, not because of what they're doing see there's another little distinction there it's it's subtle but it's really big and it it has really big implications in terms of how you view the world how you well the the world of diet and exercise you know and also potentially the world at large but how you view your situation how you view your body how you view yourself how you view yourself in the context of other people is that oftentimes quite often actually people are getting results in sp- of what they're doing, not because of what they are doing. So this is particularly important when people are Engaging in that horrible comparison game, you know, whether you are comparing yourself to yourself, you know, of uh, five years ago, 10 years ago, and you're like, oh, my goodness, you know, now my skin is sagging or I'm getting wrinkles or, you know, my booty just isn't as firm as it was when I was 20. Or you're comparing yourself to other people. You know, that is an insidious, insidious um. Just unconscious behavior that a lot of people engage in, and all it does is serve to disconnect you from yourself and disconnect you from the wisdom of your body. It undermines the relationship you have with your body and it undermines your sense of self and your self esteem. And one of the healing components of all of these different perspectives is just that if you understand that, you know. That person that you see that looks really great, they... How they look might have nothing at all to do with what they're eating and what they're doing for exercise, but because we're caught in this diet and exercise model, we kind of project all of this stuff onto them. We we project some sort of discipline or some sort of intelligence or some sort of inherent virtue onto this other person because they look good. So we're assuming that they're looking good by engaging in some sort of diet or exercise program that we don't have the will or the discipline. Um, or the the motivation to to stick to ourselves and and that couldn't be further from the truth right so it's we get into all of these really crazy dynamics and dysfunctions when we start to compare ourselves to other people Um, and then another thing that we do that's really really crazy is that we see somebody that we think looks great you know, has the body that we wish that we could have for ourselves. And so we project this happiness and this lifestyle, this shiny, happy life onto them, uh, which Oftentimes in reality is is the furthest from the truth that it could possibly be, but we project this onto them because we think that if we looked as good as they did, then of course we would feel good about ourselves and we would be happy and we would be awesome if we if we could only if we could only just get that body that we want. And because we see this other person having the body that we want, we project all of that stuff onto them. And Oh my goodness! I could tell you stories. Um, the, well, not only am I, you know, the body image, self esteem, you know, coach with the Happy Calories and the Pilates instructor that I do. I'm also a professional actress and model. I've been doing it for 30 years, and I got to tell you, models that are considered, you know, some of the most beautiful people in the world are some of the most um, insecure people in the entire world. So that that idea that if you look a certain way, then suddenly you'd be happy and you'd be whole and you'd be fulfilled. Um, that is a that is also another big fallacy. But because that's what's perpetuated in the media, either through you know, general market forces and advertising and all of that, or it's perpetuated through social media with all of the, you know fitness trainers or the self-help gurus or the this or the that with their Instagram photos and their little stories and their reels and, and whatever. We get sucked back into that one note that one hypnotic perspective that we don't even recognize. That we're in. So that's what I wanted to bring to your attention today. Um, I wanted to use all of the craziness of the current moment in a positive way, right? Um, So, you know, we've got all of this drama going on in the world. So go ahead and look at the drama that's going on in the world. And then how can you use what you see going on in the world? How can you see other perspectives or see dynamics of what's happening? And how can you take those lessons and apply them to your struggles with food, exercise, your body and your weight so that you can heal and transform them so that you can create a body and a life you love. So I will let you noodle on that and I will talk to you later. Have a great day. Bye. If you enjoyed this program, help it out. Give it a like, subscribe, follow, share. You know the drill. If you want to learn more about me, my books, programs, and services, visit my website, CarmellaRamalia.com. And don't worry, if you can't spell my name, you can also always find me at happycalories.com. Take care.